0: hello it is friday and the end of our first week of uh, north carolina study center daily devotions we're going to finish up with isaiah 30 here in a few minutes and on monday we're going to dive off into the book of revelation uh, which is the only book in the bible that promises to be a blessing to those who read it Uh, so i'm going to pick up where we left off yesterday if this is your first time tuning in i don't think that'll be a problem for you um i'll give you a little context and then we're just going to read through uh, the rest of this passage which will be verses 12 through 18 chapter 30 and then we're going to hone in on one word and talk about it for a few minutes and how i think it helps us where we are in such a time as this so we left off yesterday um, continuing to answer the question why would not, why would Israel not submit themselves to the Lord's gentle ways? And the short answer was Israel was scared of its enemies to the north, the Assyrians. And Israel then sought to create an alliance with Egypt rather than listening to the prophets who brought them the word of the Lord and and rather than submitting to uh, the word of the Lord. And when we left off yesterday, we were noting that Isaiah says that Israel or Judah had gotten to the point where they were saying, Look, no more visions, no more talking about what is right. Tell us pleasant things. Prophesy illusions to us. Get off this path, they say. Stop confronting us with the Holy One of Israel. Uh, Because when we run after idols, we get to the point where we can't handle the truth. So let's pick back up at that point. Isaiah says to Judah, well, if that's how you feel, therefore, this is what the Holy One of Israel says. Because you have rejected this message, that is, because you have relied upon oppression and depended upon deceit, your sin will become for you like a high wall that is cracked and bulging, and that suddenly collapses in an instant, breaking into pieces like pottery, shattered so mercilessly that among its pieces not a fragment will be found, not even one big enough for taking a coal from the hearth or scooping water out of a cistern. In other words, uh, Judah, your plans are going to turn to powder because that's what's going to happen to Egypt. And thus we come to where we began, Monday, verse 15. I'm going to read there and then pass it through verse 18. For this is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel, says to you, Judah. In repentance and rest is your salvation, and quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. You said, no, we will flee on horses. Yes, you will flee. You said, we will ride off on swift horses. Oh, your pursuers will be swift. In fact, says Isaiah, a thousand will flee at the threat of one. And at the threat of five, every one of you will run away until you are left like a flagstaff on a mountaintop, like a banner on a hill, in other words, alone. And yet, the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore he will rise up to show you compassion, for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. Now there was no way for Israel to know at this point that this God who longs to be gracious to them and who will rise up eventually to show them compassion, um, that he would rise up ultimately on a cross after Uh, He sent his son to take on flesh. But that's exactly what happened, of course. For this is the kind of God that we serve. He is a God of justice. And blessed are all who wait for him. Now I came across in my library, I've been unpacking all my books now that we're in our new house, and I came across a commentary that someone had given me years ago when an older man gave me his library. And it was written by a man who I don't know much about named G.A. Smith. He was a theologian uh, in Scotland, and in 1903, he was teaching in the uh, the Free College uh, School of uh, Scotland, Free Church College School of uh, Theology, and he did this commentary on Isaiah. And he noted this about uh, not just this phrase, but the word that's translated justice here. In his time, it would have been translated judgment, because that was the word that tended to be used Uh And it's a Hebrew word, uh, mishpat, which usually has something to do with the way society is ordered, a justly ordered society. Uh, The Jewish theologian, um, Maimonides, he was 12th century, he wrote a book called The Guide for the Perplexed, (laughs) which is such a great title. And he ended that book by quoting Jeremiah 9.23, Let not the mighty man glory in his might But let him glory only in this, that he knows me, for I am God who does loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness. And that word judgment there in Jeremiah is this same word that's translated justice here. Now, why is that important? Well, uh, for this reason, that word, as Smith notes, it has to do with what we would call manner or method, uh, even design, uh, order, system. All these ideas that are wrapped up in the word "law," and so just as we say that uh, someone is a man of judgment, and we mean by that not that he is, um, you know, a doomsayer, but that he's a man of character, of discernment, and prudence. That's what Isaiah is saying here about the Lord. The Lord says, "Look, I'm a God of judgment. I'm discerning. I'm prudent." Um, I've laid down my lines according to righteousness. I've established my laws and wisdom, and I remain in my dealings with mankind consistent with these things. In other words, I don't jump here and there, and uh, I'm, I'm not a god of surprises. Um, and I don't act suddenly with, you know, awful penalties or. or you know, weird manners of salvation. No, I've laid out my law. I'm consistent. Matter of fact, the Lord is the only consistent one who there is. And so, Smith, in just what I think is a beautiful, ingenious way of putting this, he notes this. He says, It is a great truth that the God of Israel is the Almighty and that he is also the All Merciful. Yet he is also the all methodical and by that he means he's a God who can be counted on he is a God who operates according to his ways always to his laws Smith actually says that Israel forgot uh, that they served a God uh, who had more than ordinary intelligence but because they forgot that, they thought that their own intelligence, that, that they could you know somehow become clever enough to figure out uh, a way out of their current predicament. And we've been talking about the fact that when we're under the gun, our knee-jerk is to forget God's wisdom and, and to try to lean upon our own cleverness or the cleverness of others perhaps or a combination of both. And we really do treat God as if he's not even a God of ordinary intelligence. Smith put it this way again. He said, they believed that God was mighty. They even believed he was merciful, but they forgot that he was wise and the worker by law. And so their faith in his might so often turned into superstitious terror. It would be easy in our time for us to forget the wisdom of the Lord and to resort to this thinking about God as a God uh, who is prone to you know, terror and, and to become actually superstitious about the God of all grace, which would be a horrible thing to do. Smith actually put it this way. He said that uh, Judah's faith in God's might too often turned into superstitious terror, and their faith in his mercy kind of oscillated between two things. One was the sleepy satisfaction that he was an indulgent God. In other words, they treated God like he was Santa Claus, a pushover. Or uh, they got impatient and fretful, and so uh, they worried that he was indifferent, that he didn't care about them. And of course, neither of these things is true. He is the almighty he is the all merciful and he is the all methodical that is he is consistent and always working according with his law according to his law so why is that important to us now well i think for this reason what do we do when we don't know what to do especially in a time like this well what better is there to do than to turn to god's law And remember that, oh, as we go about our daily dealings, whether those are out and about or whether they are sequestered at home and working on a computer, that the Lord continues to call his people in order that we might love our neighbor as ourselves the way God has loved us, to remember his law and to conduct ourselves by what? Not committing murder but imparting life to others. Not committing adultery, but by protecting and not seeking to take advantage of others. Not submitting to theft, shortcuts, but but giving people what is their due and doing so uh, joyfully and willingly. Not falling prey to false witness, but telling the truth, even when it hurts. And of course not falling prey to covetousness, which is so easy at a time like this. It's easy to kind of you know, glance at our neighbor and think that they have it better than we do and covet what they have and become bitter and again suspicious and all kind of things like that. And the Lord says, oh, remember that when you had no hope, I gave you hope. But not only that, I've showered you with everything that is good and you have a true and very real inheritance. I'm not only your savior, I'm the God of all wisdom. And if you will trust me and seek to love your neighbor according to my ways, you will also be my instruments of salvation. You'll be my instruments of renewal we can actually be God's instruments of sustenance in such a time as this. The Lord bless you this weekend. I hope to see you on Monday.